Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. All right. What like what happened over in this section here? Like since I've been gone, is there's like a no seat section? What? what? No, like this first three rows. What? A, splat? You want? Yeah, splash zone. Stay out of it. Hello, everybody. Oh, look at that. So good to be back. I was. I am pleasantly surprised. Like I thought, you know, with the rain and then us coming back, that nobody'd be here. So I am so blessed. Um, that that um, I, so excited to be back here that um, I brought my better with me to uh, talk about the adventure of the last several weeks. God bless her. <laughs> she has put up with me for the last six weeks, 24-7, and as you know, you only get me a few hours a week, and that's not easy. Um, she's had to do it for the last six, seven weeks straight, so well done. Well done, yes. Thank you. As with you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it is exciting to be back. I, I just want to say, well, let's, let, let's, uh, we're, see, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore here. We're just like rolling through things here. Um, let me, let me pray to start and then maybe that'll refocus. If you're visiting us here today, um, I'd like to say, I, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm, I'm not usually this out of whack, but I am. So just that you're getting the, you're getting me. Let me pray. Let's pray. Come on. Father, thank you for this morning, and thank you that, uh, for the time that we had, Father, and thank you that we're back. I thank you for this church, the men and women here, Lord. We just invite you into this service, God. I pray that you would speak to us, Holy Spirit, that you'd move. Lord, we, we thank you for the rain, but Lord, I pray protection, and I pray that uh, you'd be with everybody in the next couple of days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I, we thought about, you know, that... Uh, doing this together because we want to tell you what God's done over the last several uh, weeks. But first and foremost, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to the church, to our church, that you guys would allow us that time to do um, what we were able to do. And, and we couldn't do it without you guys having um, the uh, just the heart to be a blessing to us during this time. And, and we talk about this regularly, especially around Thanksgiving but times, but thankfulness is an attitude of the heart that is awakened by the realization of our state in a life apart from Jesus. And, and, and as we took this time, and, and I think about that, I think about if I didn't have Jesus in my life, what would this thing really look like doing life with, I wouldn't know her if I didn't know Jesus. So this, this, why is that funny? It's true. Chris is like, oh, well, thank you, Jesus. Yay. I didn't really win that one, did you? We always joke and say if we had met each other even one day sooner than we did, we would have been It wouldn't like, have worked. Yeah. If I would have known her as she was before she knew Jesus, I wouldn't have anything to do with her. And she says the same of me. So, um... Thank you, Jesus, that we know you and that we can have the life that we have. Um, but I love how the Apostle Paul, when, when he's talking to the churches, he, is, he has this attitude of thankfulness regularly. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, 
for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. His will is thankfulness. I was just, we had dinner the other night with a couple and, and, and this person was struggling and I said the antidote to that struggle of that feeling overwhelmed is thankfulness. And start saying thank you to the Lord. Write down your thankfulness and see what he might did. But Paul addresses the church in, in Philippi and Corinthians and, and in the Colossians church. And he, he says this as he opens each of those books. Yes, let's read these verses. We always pray for you and we give thanks to God for you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. And we do. I just want to reiterate, we are so grateful for you and thank you and um, spent time in prayer together during this time, just thanking the Lord for what he's built here and who he's brought. And uh, we're just so grateful. Thank you. And for us, our prayer for this church is, is God, thank you for the men and women that you brought here. And Lord, that you, your grace and mercy would go forth. And, and as a pastor, that's part of what we're to do is to speak blessings and thankfulness that God's grace might go forth and his mercy might go forth. And, and you know, we went to eight different, I went to eight different, I think you went to seven different churches during our time, um, doubled up a couple times. So, uh, and, and they're wonderful. We'll talk a little bit about it, but I, I miss home. You know, there's something about home. God calls you to a group of people. You know that? He calls you to a family of people. That's why next week when we talk more about small groups, I'm going to bust your chops because he's calling you to be and walk with a group of people because something happens in that group of people. Oh, totally got sidetracked there. Let's go with what? I want to, we want to talk about the, the, the nine learnings from our sabbatical, from our time away, and just kind of give you an overview of what God did and, and the good stuff, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, it, it, what? Again, I, I mean, it was, it's a shock to the system for her, I'm sure. Because I'm usually work. I usually leave home at 5 in the morning and get home at 5 at night and, and, then, and then, you know, sit on the couch. <laughs> and our interaction is limited. All of a sudden, we had uninterrupted day after day after day, day after, after day. We're like... This is what it's going to look like, huh? I got, okay. I got a taste a little bit when um, Grammy and Papa, when Papa first retired, Grammy would come to our house and I'd go, hey, what's going on? Are you picking up the kids or something? And she's like, I just got to get out of the house. Papa's, <laughs> Papa's home all the time. And I was like, I thought about that many times. Yes, <laughs> we get like, it now. Papa's home it. all the time. The Bible said it is a good for a man to work. Yes, it is. So. Um, it was funny, David. He's such he's such a manager that he would come home. I would wake up in the mornings and he'd go, "What's on your agenda today? What are you doing today?" And I was like, "Oh, please do not micromanage me right now." I was like, "I'm like, what time's Oprah on? You should know <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, no, know. come on. See, all right. Okay, let's go. Let's just knock something. We want you to hear some of the things that God has showed us through this this time. And, and number one is this. It, it, God gives us 10 commandments, you know, and we don't have, a, for the most part, I hope, don't have problems with thou shalt not kill and don't lie and all those things. But the one we kind of skip, the one that I skip is, is the one, you know, he was actually serious about all 10. Keep the Sabbath holy. And, and let me start by this and, and repenting. And I, I, I think I've said it before, but I, I went through a stretch where I just did not take a day off. I did not take a Sabbath, right? I just worked. 
seven days a week, and then I would justify it, you know, and uh, I, I just did not. It, but, but here's the reality. It's breaking one of the Ten Commandments, and it's wrong. So um, God really just kind of adjusted that in me. I am now taking Mondays off as my Sabbath because Sundays are so... Did you know that, my boss? <laughs> so, all right, Chris, I, you had some. You know, I figured if I announced it here, what are they going to do, you know? Right, you could fire me. Yes, go ahead. Well, okay. Well, I, I don't quite flow as easily as John Blue does. I need notes, and, and I'm sure I'm going to talk a little bit longer than no. just tell me when nope. to stop. Don't talk as no, long? No. Okay, well, all right. I just, we could do a whole series on taking a Sabbath. I think we as a people are not very good at taking a day of rest, right? I know many of us don't get the, the privilege of having an extended um, weeks long time away, but we are as believers called to take a Sabbath day, a day of rest during the week. And so just the original word for Sabbath is Shabbat. That was the Hebrew word. And it literally meant to cease, to stop, to pause, to come to an end, right? And the first time that we see it in scripture is Exodus 16, 23, when Moses tells God's people, he says, tomorrow is a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. But the interesting thing is the very next day, they actually got up and started to gather manna. They started to do the very thing that they had always done because they had come out of a place, if you remember in Egypt, where literally their their whole value and their whole existence was based on the quality of labor that they could produce, right? And so maybe some of us were like, well, if I take a day off, if I take a break, then maybe that diminishes is my value. Maybe that slows me down from um, what I'm supposed to produce, right? But it's an interesting, Kristen Kames, she has this great quote that says, some of us are delivered. You can be delivered. Like you may be walking in a relationship with the Lord. You may be set, you know, you may be delivered from sin. You may be delivered from a sinful lifestyle, but not set free. And that was kind of what was happening with the Israelites. They had been delivered out of Egypt, but they were still living the same lifestyle in their heart. And so God knew that in order to change things in their heart, he needed to change things in their lifestyle. For, for too many of us, it's our identity. For me, it's my identity. Hey, I got to work. I got to get up. I got to work. It's who I am. It's how I'm recognized. And for many of you, like me, you can't just sit in nothingness. <laughs> you have a tough time sitting and just thinking, reading, not saying anything. There's something that happens in the body when you do that. There were many days where we just sat. It was, it was, I'm like, ah, what am I doing? But there needs to be this rest. God knows that there needs to be this rest. Yeah, I, for a long time I had a guilty, like a being guilty of doing nothing because John Blue would mock me and say, I'm sure you sit home all day and eat bonbons and watch TV, you know? So, I know, so I'm I, like, I have to like the one time that I stop folding laundry, whatever, you're going to walk in and it, see me. Look, and though. again, if you're a guest here, we have five kids, so I know that's yes, not yeah, true, right, okay? Right. She's cleaning up after that. But, but this is what I loved so much. So sometimes it is that we do need to just stop and rest and not think about anything. But what I loved so much, there's a book called The Sabbath, It's Meaning for Modern Man. And what ancient rabbis concluded in this text was that when in Genesis 2, when it says... On the seventh day, God rested after all the work he had done. They concluded that 
God wasn't um, just doing nothing, that it wasn't inactive, but that actually he did create something. He created the Hebrew word called manuha, which actually means rest. And they said that he actually created rest and creation was completed then. So it's like he wasn't just, okay, it's not just a day to do nothing, although your soul may need that, but it also is leaving margin for creation, for to create rest and to create um, margin and something like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I, I want to encourage you if you if you don't take that Sabbath, to, it is it is good for the soul and what God has for us. It says this in Exodus twenty eight through eleven. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt uh, thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Can I can yes. I finish by just yeah. reading this one thing? This is um, from Brad. Um, his name is Brad Lomerick, and he says this about margin, right? Creating space. Margin is a powerful concept. It creates opportunities for businesses. Margin is one of your top priorities. Margin in business creates profits. Margin in family creates memories. Margin in our personal finances creates generosity. Margin in our friendships creates significance and impact. Margin Margin in our lives overall creates options, options to pursue dreams, think, pray, relax, meditate, process, grow, and ultimately live life more fully. And I would say my takeaway, I'm not a big napper. I always thought that I was being unproductive if I was napping. And so my main takeaway from this time is um, a nap is not weak, but wisdom. So there you go. There you go. Take your nap. All right. <laughs> All right, number two thing that we learned in, as uh, praying and, and seeking was do the first thing first before you do the next thing. Do the first thing first before you do the next thing. And that, you know, in the chaos of life in our world is, is what's next, what's next, what's next. And, and one of the things, one of my uh, uh, mentors or one of the guys I walk with that, that was speaking to me on, he's like, just go back to the basics. During this time, just go back to the basics. Don't look for this great revelation of, oh, God, you know, but go back to the basics and, and do the first thing first before you do the next thing. We're so intrigued by the next thing, we don't do the first thing. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. The first thing is, is encountering him each and every day. The first thing was praying each and every day. The first thing was discovering his will. The first thing was this. That, it, you know, what does God have for me in my life? Have you ever asked, I don't know what God wants in my life. You know what God wants? He wants you to encounter him in relationship and then throw yourself into whatever he's doing. That's what God wants. And, and sometimes I get away from that because I'm like, what's the next big thing? What are we doing? What's going on? How, you know, all that. I don't know. Do the first things first before you do the next thing. And for many of us, it's just, Encounter God each and every day. Encounter the Holy Spirit each and every day. Yeah, I, one of the things that I love to do um, personally and then I got a chance to do during this last six weeks is read. I love to read. I was able to read four books. I was very excited about that. However, um, the best thing is just read your Bible. 
just read your Bible. I um, read through, uh, I'm back in the New Testament, so First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Um, right now I'm in Philippians. Um, I, have, I got saved June 13th, 1991. So I've been reading the Bible for 32 years. But what I love about God's word is um, what I spent my extra time doing during the six weeks was eating. Honestly, I have um, no. I, I, no, I have eaten quite a bit, and it's become an issue. But <laughs> this morning in Philippians 3, literally, I'm reading Philippians 3. I've read Philippians 3 a million times, and halfway through where um, it's talking about, I have lots of things to boast about in the flesh, right? Paul's going, I was this, 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 this in the flesh. I have lots of things to boast about if I wanted to tell somebody that I've been saved for 32 years. I read my Bible. I do all these things. But in the halfway through, he talks about we only boast in Christ. Because you know the verse that stuck out to me after that? Their God had become their stomach. Oop. Their God had become their stomach. And that made me nothing to you. But the Lord knows where my heart is. And so that's what the Bible does. When you open up your Bible, it is not just words on a page. It is alive and it's active and it's sharper than a two-edged sword, Hebrews tells us. And so it is literally a mirror reflecting back. Not to go, hey, you sinner, hey, you this, this, this. Although sometimes it does that. But it is a way for God to say, this is my love story for you. I created you you. You are my special treasure. I adore you. Here is words to live by. Here is wisdom. You might want to think about this. And that's what the Bible does for us. Since we're confessing here, um, um, so my mind wasn't necessarily food, although as I was indulgent with you, is we don't do this. We watched all four seasons of succession. So So depraved. (laughs) I was praying for redemption, but there was none in it. So we had watched this unredeeming show eating ice cream and candy and pizza and uh, all night. So good job. Way to work. All right. Now I feel better. I feel better. Okay. Number three, uh, service should be at the front door of church. Service should be the front door of church. Here's the thing. We, as I said, we went to eight different churches. Here's one of the things we saw consistently in all eight churches is the amount of servanthood, which, which we do in this church, the, the just absolute mindset of some of these churches. We went to one three weeks ago, four weeks ago, three weeks ago, that was like, it's in a school, it, but you would have thought it was Mariner's Church. It was so tight, and they had so much set up, and they had... 50 volunteers doing, it. I was, I was stressed just being there, watching all the, the work that they do. And then I asked him about it, I'm like, dude, this is crazy, this is so stressful. He's like, no, 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 these people love serving their church. And, and, and I love that about our church too. And, and serve, thank you. And, and the, I appreciate that you guys do that. And service should be the front door of the church, it says in Mark 10. As Christians, here's what we know. But whoever would be great among you must be a servant. The, the entryway into this relationship, once we come into relationship with Jesus, is, okay, God, what do you have for me? Everything I have is yours. And whoever would be first among you must be a slave for all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. 
I, I'm excited about this because uh, next week we're going to talk about small groups and, and some children's stuff and, and different things. And I, I want to ask, I'm going to call you into that place of, okay, God, what do you have? If you call this your church, what do you have for me here? What are you asking me to do? And I love the fact that the heart of the people that we have here are that of servants. Yeah, I do. We are, again, so grateful. And we've not stewarded it well, honestly. That's what was so neat for us to be able to go to other places, not to compare with other churches or to judge other churches, but to self-assess and see what are some of the things that Pacific Point does well and what are the some of the areas that we need growth in. And one of the things that we love so much is I can honestly say I don't think we went anywhere else where there was such a sense of warmth and welcome, and family, and authentic, sincere conversation um, than we have here at Pacific Point yeah. Church. It is, and every speaker said that. And every, yeah, every speaker really who Thank was here, Everyone every speaker here. who was here with you called yeah. us immediately afterward and said, what rich, deep, salt-of-the-earth people you have. And that meant so much to us, right? That meant so much. And so... Um, you know, having a guest area, that was kind of one of the things that we were like, you know, we don't have a specific area where you can go. We tell you that you can go to the QR code. We tell you this is who we are, but there's there's something to having something tangible in hand, having a face in a particular area that you can go back to. Um, I think us getting out of the way has really created space for some of y'all who've been trying to serve for decades to, to really step in and go, you know what, that's what I do. You're challenged administratively, but I actually do that really well. And you're at the church watering plants at midnight. I actually can hire a company who does that during daytime hours. You know, I can, we can have a cleaning company so that you guys aren't over there sweeping and doing some of the, we get in the way, honestly, a lot of times. So we are grateful for you and your hearts to want to be a part of it. Thank thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Number four, only two. Only two. What does that mean? Matthew 18, 20 says this. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am, going, uh, I am among them. I, I think week in and week out, we, do, we, we go, come to prayer, come to prayer, come to prayer. And sometimes, I got to be honest, or come to small groups or come to whatever it is. And, and this is the other side of what we've been talking about. I, I get frustrated. I'm like, why? Why? You know, and, and as I was in this time and some of my prayer time during and thinking about it, Here's what I felt like the Lord said. He get this verse, two or three. We've had two or three people every week for the last, I don't know, five years, every six years. That we, we, have we, have we ever missed? Sometimes we have six people, but we've had at least two or three, usually two or three or four people. I don't know if we've ever missed in the last um, six, five, six years. We show up, and the Lord just said, I, I, didn't, I didn't tell you how many people were going to come. I don't care how many people were coming. This is what I felt the Lord was saying. He's like, just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. See what I might do. Just see what I might do. He starts with this just people. He never gives us timelines. He doesn't say when. He doesn't say how. He doesn't say what. He just says, let me see if you're willing to show up each and every week. So the shift for me is it's like, you know what? If it's just the three or four of us, we're there. If there's just two of us, how many were last week? Was it just me? No, we had, uh, who, oh, yeah, there's three of us. Okay, sorry. 
<laughs> what? Four. Oh, and oh, four. Mindy, Mindy. yes. So look at me. Look, we're going to keep showing up. We're going to keep showing up to prayer. So that was a, a big one for me. That's, you know what? Oh, Honestly, oh, on a side note, um, come for prayer just to hear Kenny G. Oh, it yes. Is, Kenny was there. Kenny G. It's great it prayers. Is, it is the most refreshing, yes. sincere. Non-religious. Non-religious talking godly. to the Lord. It yes. blesses my yes. soul. Thank you. I'm grateful for Love you. It. Grateful for you. I love it. This one, I, I, I don't know why Chris put this up there, but in the last six, seven weeks, one of the things we have realized, I, I don't, you know, I don't know, I still don't buy it, but for some reason, Chris likes to pick fights. Look, I, I, we, uh, let me do the, 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 the verse that I felt like the Lord gave me. I'm humbly coming before you to say, don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder. This is the message. Always spoil, uh, spoiling for a fight. Don't try to be like those who shoulder their way through life. Sound like anybody you know? Why be a bully? Why not, you say? Because God can't stand, this is what got me, twisted souls. It's the straightforward who gets his respect. Here's what I've realized I am constantly doing stuff. I'm constantly engaging. I constantly want to battle. When it was just us, I, I, I realized I was picking fights to pick fights because I needed a fight. Now, the reality in a couple of them, I was completely right. One day we were walking down by the islands and we go, and this is Chris's happy place. So she decides to bring me into her happy place to walk the island. Okay, I'll walk, we'll pray, we'll, we'll have a good time. And, and am I, do I get to tell this? Okay, so we show up, but we, we had to take two separate cars and we're gonna walk and pray and spend time. Two separate cars, we park. So we, I said to her, I'll meet you at the end of what's that main street? Is it main street? Marine. Marine, the main street. I said, I'll meet you at the end of Marine. So I go to the end of Marine. Chris goes to the other side of Marine. No, no. The other what? The other side. The other end. No, 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 no. Because Marine, Marine does not end. It just keeps going. Okay. Correct? You're done. Okay. Tracy Tracy lives on Balboa Island. I am surprised that you did not hear us. I was so excited to bring him to this walk. Like, we were going to have so much fun. I love walking this with my friends. You never get to do it with me. Like, let's go do this. It's going to be so great. And he says, meet me at the end. All I did, two little words that sent him into a tailspin. I said, which end? That's all I said, which end? And he was like, "There's, there's only one end. There's only one end. One ends into the ocean. It ends into, that's the only end. And I was like, or the other end where you first come on the island. Ah, where you first come on the island. So would that be the beginning? And I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, this was oh. the beginning of the sabbatical. Yes. So it, we, need, we warmed this, up. We warmed up. Oh, and it, this is mild. Like, I think I heard her cuss at no, me. Oh, no. There, it was, it was, I mean, we're walking around literally loudly talking to each other. Yeah, I was embarrassed. It at was, one point, this is what I said. We don't live on the island. We don't live anywhere near the island. We are not island people. And I literally said to him, Tracy, at one point, I went, we on the island do not talk like this. <laughs> 
and he was like, oh, we don't, do we live on the island now? And I was like, I know. But, but we did have, the good thing is, because at one point I put my shoe up on the thing and I untied my tennis shoe and I said, I held both ends. I was like, what do you, what would you say this is? And he's like, well, it's like the two ends of a string. And I go, oh, two ends of a string, two ends of a street. I'm like, so, yeah. There is an end to that street. It's just 10 miles that way. Yeah. I wasn't thinking we we're going to walk 10 miles that way to get to so, the end of that street. So, but, so but that's what the enemy does. That is literally what the enemy does, right? The enemy takes silly, silly things that mean nothing. They are yeah. so foolish and they mean nothing. And it robs something that's supposed to be really joyful and really special. Oh, yeah. And but, but the good news is you can recognize it. You can identify it. You can call it out. You can reconcile and then move forward and laugh about it. So that's the good stuff. Yes. Got to laugh. Gotta, but God's pointing some things out, definitely. Number six is family matters. Family matters. You want to read that? Well, the, there is a that? book. Oh, I'm sorry. Do I want to read it? Yes. Go Psalm 127, 3 through 5. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy, like a warrior's fistful of arrows, are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quiver full of children. If you have ever noticed in the back corner, there is a quiver of arrows. If you have ever wondered, what is this crazy design and why do we have arrows up on the wall. This verse is why we have those arrows, because you as parents with your quivers full of children, children, how blessed are you? So. And, and we added, as I don't know if you know, we added a grandbaby back there. Uh, uh, that was several weeks ago. Yes, thank you. Love it. So excited. It, it was a time for family. We had dinners and kids were coming over and we just got to spend some quality time. You know, you get going in your life and things are just happening and happening and happening. And you go, let's just stop and laugh. Let's just stop and spend time. Let's, one of the things I love, there's, there's a lot of things that we have not done right with our families. You know, it is, I'm not saying, I'm just, it is what it is, you know. I think there's some things we've done well. And here's how I know we've done a few things well is because I'm so blessed because my kids want to come home. And time and time again, I mean, Rene, uh, Renee, uh, Luke and, and McKenna live right across the street in Major, you know, but all of a sudden people just start, you know, Hudson, who's, uh, you know, 18, 19, whatever he is, it, you know, he, he, wanting to be around our family. I love that our kids want to come and be home with us. And there, there's something about family matters, family matters, and, and, and just stopping, taking the time and look for those, those quality times with your family. We were really able to do that, and it, it was a blessing for us and, and hopefully for them. It is, it is. And I was just going to say real quickly, there is um, a parenting book called Sticky Faith. If you've never read it and you are a parent or you're about to be a parent, you want to be a parent, there's a book called Sticky Faith. And um, I'm reading it again, and I would encourage you to pick it up. It is... Um, you know, 40 to 50%. That was the percentage back in 2011. I'm sure now it's greater than that. But um, that is the percentage of kids who are raised in a youth group or raised in some sort of Christian setting or church 
worldview who depart from that once they get to college, that, it, that their faith doesn't stick once they get to college. Now, the good news is when they get to their 20s, a high percentage of them return to their faith. But there is a point in time where they kind of walk away for a little bit. So it's a great, great book. But just intentionally, um, you know, not even a Sabbath mindset, just a daily mindset side reminder of just creating moments and where you can pour faith into your children that will stick to them as they get older. Uh, number seven, there are so many great churches, so many great churches. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. And we, these are the churches that we visited during that time. We went to South Hills. We went to South View, which is in Nashville, Tennessee. We went to St. Andrews one night with Don and Maggie. We went to Everwell. We went to Grace. We went to Movement. We went to, I went to Watermark last week and then Genesis that meets in the evenings here. And, and, you know, there's a lot of learnings. And it's interesting because the first couple that we went to, um, you know, I went in with real critical eyes. Well, they don't do that well. And that wasn't a good message. And those people and this and that, you know. And the Holy Spirit just convicted me. He said, hold on. What are you doing? I didn't, I'm not asking you to go to these churches to judge these churches. I want you to see what my church looks like. And I just kind of changed my point of view and stopped being so religious and self-righteous and just sat back and listened and watched and, and just saw some, gosh, some incredible, South Hills is like right around the corner. Chris and his wife, um, we, Esmeralda, we blessed and, and they came when we were at the other school and took up an offering for them and sent them sent them an offering, and, and just they got a great church right around the corner. Here's, here's uh, Southview. Uh, we're in Nashville, and we helped plant that church 12 years ago, 17 years ago? Jeez. And, and it's, it's going crazy. It is, I mean, they're, they're getting a new building. They had land donated to them, and just God doing incredible. Went to St. Andrews and, and, uh, on a Saturday night service, and just they have a new pastor over there, and to see what God's doing at, at that church, Everwell, uh, Josh, uh, just a great young communicator, and it's just blown away by this 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 young church and this man. And Grace around the corner, which is packed to the gills, and and every um, another great experience. Blah 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 blah. Here here's here's what I oh sorry, here's what I know. There's a lot of great churches. Here's the other thing. Do you know the average church in America, not the average, 94% of churches in America, 100 people or less? Did you know that? We live in mega churchville. So, you know, sometimes you come in here and you go, oh, where did everybody go? <laughs> sometimes I go, where did everybody go, you know? 94% of churches in America are 100 or less. There's a reason for that, and I believe the reason that is is because God's about community. There's a place for large church. I love what, what Saddleback's done and what Mariners has done and some of these big churches, St. Andrew's impact. There's absolutely a place, but that's the, 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 the day-in, day-out church is, is relationship and community. And we saw that, and we love it and what we have here. Is that on? Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, thank you. Check microphone once. Oh, sorry. Okay. 
Um, but I wanted to talk about what, um, just, I just made a quick list of topics that different churches hit when we were there so that you will know. I mean, hopefully you never doubted that, but that we are right on part. So exciting to see what God's doing in his church as a whole. And so these were the topics of everywhere we went, salvation, cultural climate, money. We got to be there for the money message, priorities, obedience, fear and awe and noise pollution. Like what are you letting in to your heart? What are you listening to? All of those things. And so those are all topics um, that we have discussed here at Pacific Point too. So I just love how the Holy Spirit moves and ties together, even though each church is a different expression, that overall there is um, a unity with what what he's speaking and what he's saying. So, So know this when you feel like, ah, we're losing this battle. There's a church out there. We're an expression of this church, and I love our expression, but there's a church and some great things going going on out there. The other thing is find out where God has called you because you don't get to choose your church. God places you in a church we see in 1 Corinthians 12. So when you find the church that he's placed you in, throw yourself in it and be a part of what they're doing. Number eight, who would have thought? Chris loves a jet ski. Who, we were in Boise on the lake, and, and they, they had jet skis and boats and stuff. They're like, take the jet skis. I'm like, oh, this is good. You know, I'll go out and do a twirl, and I'm back, whatever. Dude, like two hours. I got fried, burned, two hours. She just keeps going. I'm like, are you ready? She's like, no. She's like in heaven. It's crazy. It's crazy. There, there's a heaven scripture about jet skiing. Why do you keep turning that off? Psalm 66, I love this. This is from the Message Version. Bless our God, O peoples. Give him a thunderous welcome. Didn't he set us on the road to life? Didn't he keep us out of the ditch? He trained us first, passed us like silver through refining fires, brought us into hard scrabble country, pushed us to our very limit, road tested us inside and out, took us to hell and back. Finally, he brought us to his well-watered place. What's that other jet ski? Well, because listen, this is, this is the well-watered place. But in, you know, in John 10, where it talks about how the enemy comes and he still kills and destroys, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, Jesus says to us. And so there is something to abundant life. There is something to being at a place in your life where you look back and you see that the first part of your life has maybe been marked with a little bit of trauma, or it's been marked with some memories that aren't the most joyful. Who's going out? Okay. Didn't see this while we're on a trip. Sorry. <laughs> Come on. But, it's in my but you get but you get to a point where you are just like, you know what? Uh, again, sorry to quote Christine Kane, but she says, never let what was done to you be greater than what was done for you. And when Jesus died on the cross, right, and he brought joy, he brought healing, he brought salvation, he brought peace, he brought freedom, all of these things. Um, I literally just went, I made a list. I was like, you know what? I want to, I feel like that God has built something beautiful 
within us. And I'm so grateful for that. I feel like he's building something beautiful here. But as an individual, I was like, I want to build something beautiful and something deep. And I want it to bring life to people. And I want to, I want to have life. I want to have joy. And so I made a list one day of some of the things that brought me joy. And that reminds me of my childhood, of growing up in Tennessee. And my mom got the boat in the divorce. And so we just spent a lot of time on the lake. And I had so much fun. I did remember that the last time we jet skied, I rode on the back of him and I did nothing but have him throw me off the back the entire time. And so I made the choice to get my own. But I thought it was so funny because normally, you know, he leads in all things, which I absolutely love. I defer to him, submit to him, love that. Um, but he's like, I do. I submit. To you. Do you think I submit? Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. But, um, but he kept saying, I kept going, you know, go ahead, lead, and I'll just follow you. And he'd go, no, 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 you go ahead, you'll go ahead. I literally felt like um, Bra- William Wallace and Braveheart. I was like, like jumping weights from boats going, freedom, freedom. I was like so excited. And I would glance over my shoulder and he was just like, oh. <laughs> like my back. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Hours. So we had yes, a lot of fun. Yes. You did have a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> There's something about being in the joy of the Lord. For some, it's jet skiing. For some, it's surfing. For some, it's whatever it is. But, but feeling the presence of God when he's uh, happy with you, where there's a joy. So it's important. So lastly, what, what's next? What's next? Again, I want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us this time, allowing us to be refreshed in, in all that God has for us. This is what I said before we left, six, seven weeks ago, what we're looking at the next, uh, you know, next six months. Discipleship, making disciples, just getting back to the basics of making disciples, growing in our relationship with the Lord each and every day, uh, making church and life groups a priority, building those relationships. There's something that happens in the relationships that God gives you within the church and that he's called you to. We want to build the space out in the back for our children's church. We want to continue to pray, continue to ask, continue to seek God in every aspect of this church in our lives. And then ultimately, I want to share my story. My story is the grace story of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection that gave me life. I want to hand that, to, that gift to others. I want to hear God when he says, stop everything you're doing and tell them about me. I want, to, I want to stop in the middle of, of my day and, and, and love someone well so they might encounter Jesus. That's what the church is all about. That's what's next. It's what we've been doing, but it's where we're going and what I believe God has called us to. How do we do that? We continue what our mission is, continue to learn to love and live like Jesus did. And it's our up relationship with God first and foremost. Then it's our out relationship with one another. And it's sharing what Jesus has done in our lives. And we do that through the word of God each and every day, through prayer, through worship, every single day, encountering him each and every day so that we might know all that he has for us. You want to know the will of God's, uh, God's will in your life? Get up tomorrow and encounter him and he will show you. He will show you. So again, thank you guys for allowing us the time. We're excited to be back, excited about next week and, and, and kicking off and being here. And um, it's just been a, a blessing that you guys have allowed us. And, and look, you guys didn't burn the place down. That's wonderful. 
impressive. Uh, you guys stepped up and people stepped up and took care of things. So I want to pray uh, again and, 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 and say thank you. And then we're going to go into a time of communion. Father, again, we thank you for this church, Lord, this church that, that is yours, Father God. I pray that, Lord, you'd give us wisdom to steward it, Father God. I pray that you would uh, add those who are called to be a part of this church, Lord, that we might reach the lost, that we might reach those who don't know you, Father God. Lord, I thank you for uh, just the opportunity um, to be a part of this church. Lord, and as the rain is falling, God, the, the cleansing of the rain, Father God, I pray that you'd cleanse our souls, that you'd bring life, the life that comes through that refreshing water of the Holy Spirit, Father God. Father, I agree with those prayers, Lord, and I just ask for your rest, Father. I ask for your rest over your people, Lord, I ask that you would carve out time in their schedules, Lord, that where busyness and clutter and all the things, Father, kind of stalk us and torture us sometimes, Father God, I just pray that there would just be a movement and space in their hearts, Father God, that there would be an intentionality um, in the way that they schedule time with you, Lord, that they would seek you, Father, even as... Um, we're reading The Hiding Place. Every morning at 8.30 in the morning, the father of the house would read scripture to everyone in the house. And every night at 8.45 p.m., the father in the house would read scripture to everyone in the house. And Lord, we may not have specific schedules like that, but I pray that there would be just an intentional reading of your scripture, that your word would come alive and go deep, plant deep roots in our hearts, Father God. And I just thank you so much. And just for the fruit that you are bringing forth in this place, Lord. Father, we love you and we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 This is a time that we uh, we go into communion and, and receive. Um, you know, we talk about this is really a holy time. It's a time of family. The Bible says that on the night that Jesus betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body that's been, been broken for you. He says, eat this in remembrance of, of me. And, and when we do this, we don't do this just because of tradition. We don't do this because we need to fill space. We don't do this any other reason than the Bible tells us to, that Jesus says, when you come together and what it does in our souls is we take this time and we examine ourselves and we're thankful. And in the... Then he says this, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. He said, do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. And the blood represents life. And, and as you receive these elements, before you receive these elements, examine your life. Is there anything I need to bring to the cross? Is there anything I need to be forgiven for? Is there anything, God, that I need to unload at your feet, at the, uh, the feet of Jesus? See, don't carry that around with you. Don't walk out this place today with the same guilty conscience, the same uh, self-hatred, the same anger. All Just take it to the cross. Now, here's the key. When you wake up in the morning, meet him at the cross and set it at his feet. And, and get away from carrying those bags. You know what I'm talking about? Condemnation, guilt, anger. And get used to dropping the bags at the foot of the cross so that Christ in you may be the hope to this lost world.
So before you receive communion, just before you go up there, just, just examine your heart. Examine your heart. And then come and receive the elements. There are stations to the right and the left, and in the back there are stations also. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your son Jesus who died on the cross that we might have life. Oh God, that, that your blood washes away our sins. God, I pray as, as we go receive the elements this morning, God, that we walk out of here free, free in Christ. And we say thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.